I give you your path. Really beautiful. It also helps us stay in balance, right? We don't get overwhelmed because we kind of know, it's that wisdom to know the difference. We know what we can do, and then we know the limitations, right? We're able to accept, oh, this is as much as I can do. So often we try and we try, we get bogged down by fighting against the inevitable or trying to control what we can't. So I'll just offer some images. Uh, Bhikkhu Analio, a really wonderful German scholar, monk, has done a lot of translating of the suttas. He has four images for these four heart, heart qualities. So he says that metta is like the noonday sun. Shines equally on everything. Bright, you know, evenly in the sky, that friendliness. Karuna is like the sunset. You know, the darkness of night is near. We can feel that kind of tenderness and poignancy. We're up, right up close to the suffering. And yet it makes the colors all the more beautiful. The sort of, you know, the poignancy, the delicacy of the sunset. I think in the winter solstice, we're a little in that territory here. We're softening into the poignancy of something ending. Mudita is like the dawn. The birds are out, the dewdrops are sparkling on the grass. There's a kind of uplift and joy, freshness in the rising of the sun. And then equanimity is likened to the full moon at night. You know, there's still light, still light that shines, that's touching the everything, the earth. But there's a kind of coolness to it. You know, it's a different quality of light. And I think that coolness of the full moon is a nice pointer to equanimity. You know, the moon, so beautiful, the fingernail moon. Did you see that this morning? Yeah. It's so sweet in the sky. And there's such a... Yeah, poise, I think, and dignity with the moon. So I hope these images can be helpful in your practice. So we don't have enough days to get through all four, but I thought I would just offer that overview. And now we can go a little deeper, explore the traditional practice of compassion with phrases too. So if you're interested in taking this on and going deeper so that you know the trajectory, often we'll go through all the categories of metta. Start with a friend or a benefactor, someone really easy to care for. And then you go to yourself. And then a sort of close, close friend, you know, like your buddy, another easy person. Traditionally, the benefactor category is like someone you have great gratitude for. You know, it's been generous with you. Then yourself, then a good friend, equal. And then the neutral person, stranger, a difficult person, and all beings. The trajectory of the categories. With compassion, similar, but the invitation is to start with someone who's suffering. And we always start where it's easy, so we choose someone we love, we really care about. And then we practice, hopefully, it's easy to send them the phrases. 
And often I find it's a relief, you know, because we feel so helpless in the face of our dear ones who are suffering. And yet, even if I feel like I can do nothing else, I can spend some time sending them some good wishes, you know, and really cultivating that care in my own heart. So one of my teachers, Gil Fransdahl, he's done a lot of translating also with the suttas. And he made this discovery. He was sharing that compassion, you know, for him has been so important in his practice. And so he was interested to see what, what does the Buddha really have to say about karuna? And he did this kind of word search. He has a function where he has all the suttas on his computer and he could do a word search for karuna. And it only showed up a few times. Like in all of the thousands of suttas, it was like a handful of times that karuna shows up in the Pali. He thought that was strange, you know, because compassion feels like such a foundational part of what we're doing. Then he did a word search for another word in Pali. And that word was anukampa. Anukampa. And that one shows up all over the place. So then it got him interested. Like, what is this pointing to, this word anukampa? Often it's translated as a quivering of the heart in response to dukkha. You know? Do you know that feeling? Oh, such a sensitive quivering of the heart. And the way Gil now in his studies and looking at the context of this word and how the Buddha used it, his translation is care. Anukampa means that we care. Such a simple word, but it's pointing, I think, to the natural responsiveness that we have. We see an animal suffering and we care. You know? It's intuitive, it's natural, it's not deliberate or considered. You know, if a child runs into the street, we just run to get them. There's no like, oh, let's see, what would be the compassionate thing here to do? It's an immediate response. And I think that's a beautiful pointing to this this form of compassion. Yes, we're cultivating it, but it's also already in us. It's a natural responsiveness of the heart. And so in your phrases, I'll offer some, but I think this word care is really evocative. It's helpful, right? All you have to do is care. You don't have to save the person. It's just about recognizing how much we care. So sometimes we hear the traditional compassion phrase, may you be free of suffering. May you be free of the causes of suffering. And I think, yeah, but I want that, but that's impossible, right? Least of all, just like a little respite from suffering, but true freedom feels ambitious, you know? And sometimes it can feel heavy to have that phrase to wish, may you be free of suffering, unrealistic. But if we wish just a simple caring, you know, I care about your suffering. May you hold your suffering with care. That one is a little more accessible, maybe. So I'll offer the phrases I use, and then always the invitation is to be creative with your own, see what what resonates for you. And today, we'll probably only just do the first two categories. That's enough. We'll do a, a, you know, a suffering one, a being you know is suffering, and 
sometimes in the beginning it's easy to to choose someone who's not really, really suffering, although of course that's what we do. But you could think of someone who's just having a little difficulty in their life. You know? Maybe someone who's sick right now or struggling at work, running up against some stress. We'll begin our practice. And if you're not already, you can settle into your posture. Just like with metta, it's really nice to be comfortable. So you need a little bit more care, settling in, doing what you need for support. I see some skillfully moving, change your posture, whatever you need. And then moving into the body, coming home again and again. You might just feel the body in this field as we talk about compassion. What's the body's response? So important to start here in the body. And, you know, we never really know. The nervous system might already be responding. A sense of quivering of the heart, compassion. Knowing that even in this gentle turn, this curiosity is being in the body, it's already coming from this care we have, this concern for well-being. And then the Brahma Viharas, they can be very creative. Just let your mind roam around in your imagination, your life, to see who comes to mind in terms of a suffering being. Might be surprised who shows up, who wants some care. Could be your cat, could be a tree. be anybody, a grandparent, a friend, partner. And just whoever is coming to mind, no need to, you know, find the perfect person. Just go with who comes. And then spending a little bit of time Noticing if there's a very clear visual image of this being. Maybe it's just the felt sense of them. Inviting them in and really, here's the accompaniment, just really being with them, feeling into their experience. Compassion has this brave meeting of suffering. We don't turn away. We get very curious about this person's dukkha.
I just feel this empathic response, the ability to imagine what it must be like, whatever difficulty they're in. And if you're already feeling that tenderness, that care, you can go with the felt sense. If the phrases are unnecessary, maybe you can just go with this felt sense of sending them your care. If the visual image is very clear, you might just stay with that, really see their face, their expression, knowing you're connecting through your heart. And if the phrases are helpful, I'll offer some and just letting them drop in. Again, as Oren was saying, it's the intention behind these phrases. You don't have to feel anything particularly, just trusting your good intention. I care about your suffering. I care for you. May you be free of this pain, this sorrow. May you be peaceful. I care about your suffering. I care for you. May you be free of this pain, this sorrow. May you be peaceful. Spending some time sending your care. You can use these phrases, you can use your own. Just trust the sense of sharing out your care, your compassion with this being. I care about your suffering. I care for you. May you be free of this pain, this sorrow. 
And may you be peaceful. If you find yourself feeling weighed down with the grief of it or overwhelmed, then simply come back to the body, just resource a little bit, find a pleasant sensation, hands and feet. And you can take a break. And then come back to the image, the phrase, whenever you're ready. Natural compassion is uplifting. And so if you're feeling sorrow, just knowing, don't have to stay stuck in it. This wish, this altruistic wish can help uplift the heart. No, this is what we can do. Can send our care, our good wishes, our concern. And sometimes that's enough. I care about this suffering. I care for you. May you be free of your pain, your sorrow. May you be peaceful. And so now we're not leaving that first being. They can stay right in this field of care. But we'll shift our attention now to ourselves. And again, it can be helpful to have an image of yourself as a young child. Or maybe the angry teenager. Whatever part needs some care, some compassion. There's many suffering parts inside, so maybe choosing just one. 
You might imagine that being in front of you. That you and your wholeness can sit here in your seat and choose a particular suffering part and see them facing you. Maybe a little one, yourself at a different age, or the one that's holding some of your sorrow, your grief. And notice as you bring this image of yourself up, just notice how is it to care for this one. That we know their sorrow, their their pain, we know it very well. And can there be a deep kind of care from your seat as this whole, mature, complete person? And from this place, can we wish that other one care, the younger one, the suffering one? I care about your suffering. I care for you. May you be free of this pain, this sorrow. May you be peaceful. I care about this suffering. I care for you. May you be free of all this pain, this sorrow. May you find peace. Just letting your heart just wrap right around that suffering part of you. Letting yourself care deeply for this part. I see you. I care. You might see if that part can trust your ability to care, to hold it, to know it to welcome it. I care about your suffering. I care for you. May you be free 
of this pain and this sorrow. May you know peace. And now, as you're ready, you might just trust that these beings have received your care, that for now it's enough. Let this be enough. And then at your own pace, you might release the images, the phrases, the efforts. And just let yourself be very simple here nothing else to do, just sitting and knowing you're sitting. May all beings receive all the care, the compassion that they need. May all beings know that they're held with the same kind of quivering of the heart, this care. And through our compassion, may all beings find a deep peace. May they find freedom right in the midst of it all. So just a few final reflections, suggestions. Um, As you might have felt, it can be very intense, this practice. So to go slow and gentle. 
you know, and reminding yourself of the other Brahma Viharas that we need also to spend some time in joy and friendliness and equanimity, especially as we're cultivating compassion. So easy to slip into grief, you know, or empathy. So the reminder that compassion actually is, it feels good. You know, compassion makes us feel happy. Sometimes I think we have the connotation that compassion means we're suffering too. But this, this altruistic wish really lifts us up so that we feel resourced to really care. We stay well. We can wish those, wish those beings well. One definition from the science of compassion, more recent one, is it's two parts. It's the empathy to feel the suffering and it's the wish to help. So this practice has that both wrapped up in. Sometimes we get stuck in the first part. But if we can come out to the altruistic wish, it's energizing. It's helpful. And I think that energizing wish, the altruistic wish, is very helpful in all of these Brahma Vihara practices. Because maybe you've noticed, when we do this, all the unprocessed stuff comes out. So the analogy is often it's like running a magnet across our heart and all the shards and the metal bits and the twisted pieces, they all come out too. So we've had some questions around like, I'm doing metta, you know, I'm wishing well, but I also have a lot of anger, resentment, right? I want to see those people suffer. (laughs) They they made me suffer. (laughs) It's all very human. So to know that it's part of the territory You know, it's all par for the course in these heart practices. We need to be able to see that, to know the opposites, you know, the near and far enemies. And then to really just trust the wish is the most powerful thing. So with metta, we wish ourselves well, we wish others well. And we can even have the intention, may I feel metta for you eventually? (laughs) Even if I'm not feeling it now. (sighs) And same thing with forgiveness. You know, we often say forgiveness is the fifth Brahma Vihara. And some, my friends, Joanna Hardy, other teachers say, we actually need forgiveness before we're able to really practice true metta or compassion. So this is one that's very slow. You know, it takes a lot of time. And I find with forgiveness, it everything rests on the intention to forgive. Right? I may not be able to do that right now. But I can set the intention that some far time in the future, I might be able to forgive you even just a little bit. So really trusting that that aspiration, that's your guiding light. That aspiration will take you far. And you can bring that in if you're struggling or just really not feeling it and you're totally overwhelmed. You just trust that little wish of like, may this release. May I find the way through this, right? May I discover the way to feel compassion, even for you. You can trust that. That intention's the whole thing. And I think that's the key as we go into the other categories, neutral, difficult people. Just trust it. We trust that our aspiration's there. Really important. Okay. So you can play with this. You know, go gently. And um, I hope it serves you in practice. Okay.
have time for tea. <laughs>